0: friends. It's time for another episode of the CCW 10th anniversary podcast. And this one is about discipleship. Really excited about the wonderful CCWs we get to talk to this episode. Um, But before we do that, I need to reconnect with um, my BFF and podcast co-host and um, just all the amazing things. Also my go-to dog sitter still waiting (laughs) oh I don't know why I cracked myself up so much (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) you know there's a chance I'll dog sit for you in the not too distant future depending on how things play out we'll see how it goes
0: um her name
1: is Sarah Taylor and here she is (laughs) yay thunderous applause hold on. Where's your thunderous applause? Like you're also all the good things. Like, I mean, you don't sit my dog, but I don't have one. So like, (laughs) you do all sorts of other wonderful things. You have, you know, cute children who make me smile and you listen to my rants about things. And you've sat through, I think 30 minutes straight of me, Marco poloing you about my niche interests, um, once. So maybe more than once. So I feel like you deserve an award. Um,
0: this, this podcast is not officially sponsored, but very much
1: made possible by Marco Polo. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Um, in the spirit of reconnection, do you have a community question, Haley? I do
0: have a community question. Um, it's one that I think we've both answered in different contexts, but it's a great one to bring us back to discipleship. It is, if you were a kitchen utensil, which kitchen utensil would you be and why?
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I think my answer definitely changes for this frequently. Um, But I would say that today I am a frying pan, right? Like I am there, I am basic, I am sturdy. I am generally pretty dependable. And you can do a lot of different things like with me, but like my basic function is kind of the same. Like, but you'd always need a frying pan and they're never not useful. And also if you're Rapunzel, they can become a multi-tool and not just cook, but also be a self-defense like thing. So Tangled is such an
0: underrated Disney movie, by the way.
1: Truly is. Truly is. We're talking about Disney movies in the last episode, but yes, Tangled is a good one. Not a favorite, but a good one.
0: I um I do think everyone needs a Sarah Taylor in their lives, just personally. Uh, Love that answer. I struggle with what a kitchen utensil actually is. (laughs) It's just, I I think the last time I answered this, I picked something that was very roughly a kitchen utensil. What I came up with for today is um, that I'm a spoon rest. So I think I'm a really good supporting character. Um, I don't mean that like, I don't like do things. But one of the things I really love to do is be that place where people can like rest, share, talk. Um, and I've noticed that I've had a few people who um, I've been able to be there for recently. So that's why it came to mind that I'm a spoon rest. And I mean, no one wants to have to clean their counters uh, over frequently or have them get all crusty with stuff. So spoon rests is yeah. very useful.
1: No, I totally can see you as a spoon rest. You are definitely a place like I go to like confide in and find rest and like seek like support from. So I could totally see you like, and spoon rests, like they're so, I don't want to say they're underrated, but like people don't appreciate them enough. Right. Like, I think there are these kitchen utensils. We oftentimes like I don't know don't value enough but like when you have them or when you don't have them you really noticed and like something to put your spoon on is one of those things it like it reminds me of how like you know we talk about like the body of Christ right like and how everyone has a role to play and like all the parts are equally important and like one is not above the other like yeah maybe everyone sees the head all the time but if you don't have your toe your balance is thrown off like so if you don't have certain kitchen utensils, right, they serve different purposes, but like you're missing something a lot of times. If you're missing a spoon rest or a frying pan or a blender or a spatula or whatever it is, right, they all play this important role. And I think discipleship is, you know, really about letting people discover their gifts and talents and roles and what they bring to the table and cultivating that, growing that, providing the space to dive deeper into that, Um
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. One, I loved hearing from Maddie and some of her experiences with CCW. Mm -hmm. Um, Theo's interview, just stay tuned for that. But (laughs) I also enjoyed um, Marissa breaking down what discipleship is. And I think it's just one of those terms that we use a lot, but it also can be kind of Christianese where... Um, It might mean something a little bit different for everyone or it can be just a term that holds more um, than maybe practically it does. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a good episode to see discipleship from a lot of different angles and how it actually contributes to our growth, um, our community and just kind of the pieces of what makes CCW CCW.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think talking about growth, Riley does a really great job of like thinking about how we've grown and how we're continuing to grow in the area of discipleship um, in this particularly technological Gen Z era of campus ministry. So, y'all don't want to miss any of that. So, stay tuned, keep listening, and enjoy the episode.
0: the CCW 10th Anniversary Podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sarah. And we're celebrating 10 years of asking questions, exploring faith, and loving one another in CCW.
1: Join us as we recap the last 10 years and hope for the future with individuals who have shaped and continue to shape CCW. We'll share stories, laughs, dreams, and insights as we unpack the last decade of living the 614 life.
0: We're so grateful to be able to come together to celebrate the continuation of this ministry where college-age young adults become leaders and laborers who will rebuild, renew, and restore their families, communities, and the world.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: Hi, my name is Cameron Garrett, and I'm an alumni of CCW. I graduated from the University of North Florida in 2017, so as I spent my time at UNF, I was also a member of CCW. And as a member of CCW, I performed a few roles throughout my time there. Um, I started as a member of the inaugural cohort of CCW's intern program. So I was one of the first interns And I was also one of the first interns to live in CCW's intern house. Um, After my time in the internship program ended, I became the ministry assistant at UNF. I did that for about a year. And then once I graduated from UNF, I spent a year helping out as a media fellow at CCW, which meant that I contributed to the blog and the podcast and helped out a bit with uh, social media. Now, fast forward, I've just graduated from Candler School of Theology with a Master of Divinity degree, and I'm a candidate for ordained ministry in the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. Uh, And my time at CCW is really pivotal to me being um, where I am now. Um, So I just graduated, and I am now working at uh, First United Methodist Church of Orlando in downtown Orlando as the interim youth director. So that's what's going on now. And my, I would say, my favorite discipleship-related memories all sort of orbit the one-on-one time times I had with um, other students, with other staff members, and with Derek. So my time with CCW started with me serendipitously stumbling into Derek at the on-campus Starbucks. Um, I introduced myself to Derek because he was having coffee with a friend. And after my brief um, introduction to Derek, he invited me to get coffee with him sometime, and I agreed. And from that point onward, I met with Derek once a week for coffee, despite Derek's incredibly busy schedule that I didn't understand back then, but I do understand now. (laughs) uh, Derek met with me once a week for coffee in a very pivotal moment and and season of my life when I needed somebody who I could trust um, my developing Christian identity with. I needed somebody who was going to patiently and gently walk with me as I had questions and learned what it meant in a deeper way to pray and what it meant to go to worship and what it meant to be part of a worshiping community, which um, I didn't know it then, but I now know is discipleship. Derek discipled me, and I wouldn't, yeah, again, I wouldn't be where I am if, if Derek hadn't taken the time to just meet with me for an hour once a week for coffee, And that time with Derek extended into um, my time on staff where I often got coffee with students one-on-one. And those one-on-one visits and meetings that I had with our students affirmed to me that um, I could potentially do ministry as a career one day. And it really encouraged me to pursue my call to ordained ministry in the church. Um, So yeah, I think that those are sort of my my favorite discipleship related memories. Those one-on-one times that I had with other students and I had with Derek um, that allowed me to uh, continue to grow in my Christian identity and also allowed others to grow in their Christian identity so that we could continue to become a transformational, um, a transformed person and transformed people for the sake of the world.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of our 10th anniversary podcast on um, the main interview segment. Today we are talking to Maddie Dittmer about discipleship. And Maddie is someone who, when I showed up in CCW, was like a household name. Um, everybody knew who Maddie was, and she was just incredible and she still is incredible, but now she's like moved on to other things. And I I'll let her actually tell her. I guess CCW story and what she did and what she's up to these days because she can tell it better than I can. So, Maddie, please take it away.
3: Um, yeah. So I I think 2000 it was either 2014 2015 um, was when I joined CCW as a freshman at Flagler um, and had a few different roles during my time there. But I was an intern um, on the worship team. And then I was a worship fellow and then I was a ministry assistant. I was Flagler's ministry assistant. Um, and then I was like a communications assistant as well. So, um, kind of got to dip my toes in a lot of different areas in CCW leadership, which was great. Um, and, Um, and I did, I only went to Flagler for two years, but then I stuck around, um, for another two years after I graduated. So I got to spend a little extra time with CCW, which was great. Um, and then in 2019, I decided to go to grad school. So I left for FSU, um, and about halfway through my time at FSU, I, um, left because of COVID and went and (laughs) moved in with my parents for a little bit. And then when the fall semester was starting um, last year, I decided to move to New York because I could do my classes from anywhere because they were remote. Um, And so I moved up to Brooklyn um, and that's where I am now. And I just finished my master's in media and communication um, in April. So graduated. Uh, Now I'm just figuring out life in Brooklyn, and I am loving it.
0: (laughs) Well, um, as you know, we like to know how you're doing, but then we like to know how's your soul. So Maddie, how's your soul?
3: My soul? I haven't had that question asked me in so long. (laughs) Um, My soul is good. I Yeah, it's refreshing to say that I think my soul is feeling very content right now. Um, And yeah, I say that's refreshing because as we all know, it's been crazy year and a half. And then for me, the year and a half prior to all the COVID stuff was also pretty crazy. Um, And so I just... I think my soul is very happy to be in a place that feels a little bit more settled. And, um, I mean, there's definitely stuff that I, there's a lot of uncertainty still, um, about kind of what the future looks like, but it feels a little bit less like, um, anxious uncertainty and a little bit more like, uh, excited. Like there are lots of exciting possibilities and, um, optimism (laughs) so yeah I think there's just a lot that I'm really grateful for right now um and that's what my soul has been feeling lately
1: that's so beautiful I love love it I mean I think that question you're like you haven't been asked in a while but it's something we ask in CCW you know anytime we all get together and have like coffee or something Mm -hmm. and speaking of like CCW people um one of the things that happens a lot of times, I think when we're around other people, particularly in CCW, is that we have all these memories that happen, right? These like moments that were really impactful. Um, in this particular like episode, we're talking about discipleship. And so I'm curious if you have like a specific CCW related discipleship memory. And like that maybe that involves people and maybe it doesn't, but yeah.
3: Um. Yeah, I think... I think the cool thing about discipleship is that it's kind of like an ongoing process. Um, so I think, I don't know that I have a specific memory, um, but the first thing I thought of with discipleship and CCW was Kate, who was there when I first started coming to CCW. I think probably there are some people who are here now that maybe don't know Kate. Um, but, She was very invested in um, just getting to know me and um, kind of, she was like my point person, I guess, who like really welcomed me into CCW from the beginning. I remember like the day after I went to the first CCW gathering, um, she and I had lunch the next day and I thought it would be like a 30 minute, you know, lunch. And I think we talked for a few hours at Chipotle and then moved on to a coffee shop and talked for a few more hours. Um, and I think that's just a good kind of intro into what discipleship was like for me with CCW, just kind of like a patient, um, constant pouring into me spiritually. Um, and, um, and then, you know, That was kind of cool for me as I moved into leadership in CCW and I, in a lot of ways, was doing the same thing that Kate did for me um, for other students in CCW. So, um, again, that's it's cool how discipleship works that way, where a lot of times you get poured into and then um, you get to then pour into others. Um, And that was definitely my experience in CCW. So.
1: Yeah. I think that's so true. And it's funny that you talk about, you know, this like coffee with Kate and like this pouring into other people after being poured into, cause I was talking to someone who's currently in CCW the other day and they actually mentioned you as someone who like they was their first coffee and it was just like such a beautiful thing and how like important that was to them. And so just, you definitely poured into people. I just want to like verify that, like not that anyone (laughs) doubted, but like, yeah, you're like, I love still, that. you're st- you're still like, oh, what's the word? impacting our ministry <laughs> today, like even like several years after you've kind of gone, like ripple effects. Oh, wow. I love that.
0: Your answer kind of like went into this, you know, next question about discipleship when you were a student, and then when you were on staff, um, I wonder if you could unpack a little bit more as a staff person who's pouring into other students. Like, what um, what that felt like, what you were passionate about um, when you were meeting with students, or you know how those things um, for you were a part of discipleship.
3: Yeah, um, I think. One thing that was cool for me about being on leadership was that I was on leadership so quickly after I was a student, like right after. So I still was very, what it felt like to be an incoming freshman and to be a student was still very fresh in my mind. Um, and so that was cool just because I felt like I could very easily relate to students um, and and really remember and pull from how I was feeling when I was a freshman. Um, And, you know, it's a new place and new people and totally new experiences. And it can be very overwhelming. Um, And and I remembered how grateful I was to have people who were kind of looking after me in that time and pouring into me. um, And so being able to pull from those experiences and those memories um, as I was getting to pour into others, into newer students, um, I think was really cool. And just um, knowing how much changes a lot of the time for students, as far as not only is it like a life transition, but like a lot changes in the way that you think about things and the way maybe your faith is Um, and in a lot of ways I was kind of still processing through the way my faith was changing and the way my thinking was changing. I mean, I still am like, (laughs) I don't know that, I don't know if that ever really, um, if you ever finished that, but, um, I can remember at the very beginning, it just feeling very overwhelming. And, um, so it was cool to kind of, in some ways be, a step or two ahead of the students I was pouring into, and in some ways also feeling like I was right there with them, um, kind of still figuring things out um, that they were also trying to figure out, and um, just the kind of perspective that that gave me as I was getting to have coffee meetings with them, and
1: yeah. Yeah, I can totally see how that would work and I think I can relate to that some myself as someone who also kind of stepped into leadership like shortly after graduation and like very much being in sync in some ways with students and ahead in some ways um, and also behind in some ways with others like I think everyone has different growing edges and like points that they you know are I don't want to say like strong in, but, you know, like that they've worked through. Right. And that maybe you haven't worked through that point yet. And I think that's part of the beauty of discipleship in CCW and particularly our like inverted hierarchy. And just the way we approach it is that it it generally feels like pretty equitable in the sense that we recognize there are certain things some people do know more about and have more experience with and have unpacked. But also, I don't think we come at people with this, like, I know everything and you need to, like, learn from me kind of mentality, which I think happens a lot in some discipleship situations. Um, Which I guess, I don't know. How, from your perspective, Maddie, um, was discipleship in CCW, like, different from other communities maybe you've been a part of or heard about or seen?
3: Yeah, um, I think I was... I grew up in church and I grew up um, kind of in leadership positions throughout high school um, with worship specifically Um, and I was an intern at my church in high school Um, and so I definitely experienced discipleship throughout my life Um, and I think one thing that really stood out to me about CCW is that I f- leadership in CCW as when I was a student. Um, so I'm speaking more to like, as I was being discipled important to um, pushed me in a lot of ways that I wouldn't like push me to try things or be a leader in ways that I wouldn't normally have felt like I could do by myself without the encouragement that I was given. Um, and I think in past in past um, leadership experiences that I've had, you know, in high school and stuff, I would kind of set my limit, I guess, of what I thought I could do. And then whoever, you know, was the leadership above me would just be like, yeah, that's it. Like, that's what you can do. And didn't really ever push me further than that. Um, But I think I grew so much in... CCW because the leadership saw what I could do more than I did, more than I saw what I or thought I could do. Um, And so I was pushed and I also grew a lot because of that. And that was something that in the moment is really kind of intimidating and scary sometimes. Um, But when I look back on that, I just think about how grateful I am that, um, that you know, Derek and and Kate and all of the CCW leadership were um, like believed in me and encouraged me to kind of step outside my comfort zone a little bit um, because that's not something I got when I was in high school, and I think I kind of missed out on some things that I probably could have been a part of because I wasn't encouraged to step outside of my comfort zone, um, whereas in CCW I was. So, yeah, I think just the way that um, CCW empowers and encourages their leaders was something that was new to me, um, but was really good for me as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, there's so many good points to what you- You're saying, and the thing I hear the most in this empowerment is that um, I've heard Derek say before, like, y'all are going to make this ministry better than I could make this ministry, or like, kind of talking about what the next uh, iteration of, like, you know, leadership or campus ministry or whatever looks like. And I think that there are forms of discipleship where um, the limit to growth is in the leader that's leading you. Um, and I feel like that's very different within CCW that, um, that there's not a limit to growth because of where I'm at and the person I'm talking to. Um, because even the person that I'm discipling, they might actually be pushing me to grow more, because of their perspectives and different places they're coming from and their gifts that are different than mine. And so I hear a lot of that kind of the way that we grow together, grow in community. And it's not um, it's not about distilling uh, a discipleship method or anything like that. It's um, it's much more organic. So um we definitely have a lot more to talk to you about but we're going to take a quick break so stay tuned for more from Maddie. Hey, everyone. Um, So while we pause our discussion with Maddie, we're actually going to spend some time with the Reverend Marissa Gertz-Copeland, however you all know her. And um, she's actually our first CCWN who's been commissioned in the Methodist Church and is now a provisional elder. So congratulations, Marissa. I know that that service was just Um, a little bit ago and
4: um, at annual conference this year. Uh, How was it? Um, It was special in so many ways. And one of the biggest ways is that service was actually held in my home church. So uh, the very kneeler that I was kneeling on before Bishop Carter was the very same kneeler I knelt on 14 years prior for... Um my confirmation. So it was just this full circle, beautiful experience. And I think I was in tears the whole time. But it was wonderful.
0: That's amazing. So tell everyone a little bit about what you are doing now and um what you were doing when you were a part of CCW.
4: Sure. So right now I am the associate pastor at St. Luke United Methodist Church in Sanford, North Carolina. And we're still in North Carolina for right now because my husband is stationed at Fort Bragg. He serves in the army. So we are here for the season of life and we are very excited about all that God is doing in this community. And when I was in CCW, uh, I was most active my first two years of college. So, I was at UNF, and I knew the first thing that I needed to do getting on campus was to seek out CCW. And so I jumped right in with both feet. I started going to community nights and found any way to be active. Um, got i it kind of immediately jumped into the leadership roles of things um. I remember the Cultivate team just helping to cultivate new and fresh ideas uh, for worship and what worship might look like um, and different discipleship opportunities. And it was a great way for me to start exploring this nebulous thing called a call to ministry um, without really naming it that or, or labeling it as ministry per se. And so uh, my first two years, I, I really dove deep into those aspects of leadership. And then my second two years, I actually received a job at Memorial United Methodist Church as their youth director. So I was less active at CCW and more of a background cheer honor uh, as I was continuing to explore my own call through that avenue. Yeah, that's
1: really cool. Like how, I don't know, I guess you got to dive headfirst into CCW and kind of explore campus ministry and like see what that was like and then kind of go out into the world like this campus to city movement um, yes. really
4: embodied in that, that story, I think. That's a perfect way to explain that. Perfect way.
1: Yeah. So you talked about, yeah, like the Cultivate team and community and you brought up discipleship, which is actually a fun fact, the topic of this episode. Not that we didn't all know that. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious if you could define for us what discipleship like is from your perspective, particularly as it related to your time in CCW and what it was like then.
4: Sure. So when I think about discipleship, I think about intentional time where we are uh, really focused on this idea of making disciples and that could be very many different aspects Uh, but for me it looks like more one-on-one more small group focused where we are in conversation where we are learning how to speak our faith learning how to Um, put our faith into words and then into actions. Uh, So that looks like small groups that could look like table topic times where we are in conversation with one another. And then on the other side of that, it looks like being able to practice those things uh, through leadership opportunities, through um, engaging in worship, through engaging in missions. So for me, discipleship is the both and. You can't have one without the other. Because we we are an embodied people. We are a people who grow by doing. So we can learn all we can, but that learning doesn't fully sink in until you are actively doing the things that you are learning.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, putting that knowledge into practice, putting that faith into action. I'm wondering if there's a
0: uh, favorite uh, memory, discipleship-related memory in CCW that you would share.
4: Yeah, I have so many to choose from, which is why I'm pausing. Um, But for myself and for my own call to ministry, I think it was um, particularly the freedom to practice what I had been learning my very first year with CCW, I remember working closely with Christina Gonzalez. Uh, I was in Bible study with her and intentionally like being in community with her through the Bible study, through mentoring times. And then we started talking about the girls retreat that would happen in the spring. And I asked, you know, can I help plan that? And to me, that is discipleship at its finest. When someone who is inquiring, who is searching, who is longing to do more, is given the opportunity to spread their wings and to try something new. And that's exactly what happened. I was given the opportunity to help her plan retreat where we were setting budgets, where we were thinking about fresh ideas and ways that we can cultivate experiences that would lead to discipleship with other young women who were in CCW. And so through that planning process, and then uh, through actually leading the retreat, I came to understand a little bit more about my call and to spread my wings, and to use the skills that God had given me to build an experience for someone else. And I will always remember that time as one that's special that I will lean back on. Um, And it was just fun. That girl's retreat was probably the best retreat of my life.
0: So I love that you like when you're talking about the things you're learning with Christina in that planning. It included setting the tone and experiences and budgeting. And I love that like breadth of, um, you know, discipleship is also like the nitty gritty and practical just as much as it is like the perfect music
4: and the lighting and like the fun, you know, stuff. It's just... (laughs) It is, and it's one of the things that you don't necessarily think about when you think of ministry in the grand scope, but thinking about those little details and how they work together to make the whole experience is just as important as those big brushes of the theme and the fun activities and the like you said the lighting and the music and the ushy gushy feeling things none of that is possible without the nitty-gritty hard to um times and putting and putting the nuts and bolts together to make it all come so yeah thanks marissa
0: i um gosh i we could definitely keep talking for so much longer um I have one last question for you. If there was something that freshman Marissa coming into CCW could know about discipleship that you know now, now that you've grown and you've lived it out and practiced it and um, are even called to lead in it, uh, what would you want her to know?
3: Hmm.
4: That's such a good question, but I think my advice would be every single interaction, every single moment with another person can be a moment of discipleship, can be a moment where um, God's love and God's grace can be communicated in such a way that leads someone else to ask questions, to want to know more, and to see a world through that lens is to see a world full of opportunity. And I think especially for freshmen, Marissa and maybe other freshmen, um, they're coming into a new experience of college with eyes wide open. Uh, and I remember feeling scared by that. Um, scared at all of the possible directions that my life could have gone or could go. And I think I would want to say that no matter where your path leads, there's always a place for love and for growth and to be an example of Jesus Christ to others. And whenever you're doing that, whenever you are leaning into those moments as the, it, to me it becomes clear, like your path becomes clear, and there's so many opportunities and to just take them by the by the horns and go for it. Um, yeah. Thank you
1: for those words of like wisdom and honesty and just vulnerability that was really lovely to like hear and I definitely think that's something that like freshmen can hear and relate to but I think it's something a lot of people can relate to as they enter into new seasons of life um yes so thank you for sharing your story with us today and your perspective and your insights and just all the things it's been a lovely time um And to everyone listening, you know, keep listening because we're going to keep talking to Maddie and we're going to talk to some other people and, you know, you want to hear what they have to say because you miss them because you haven't seen them in forever because of COVID. So keep listening friends.
0: We are so grateful to our students, partners, and alumni without whom the last 10 years would not have been
1: possible. As your Northeast Florida Campus Ministry, we rely on your support to connect with college-aged young adults. Because of your donations, we are able to reach 18 to 24-year-olds at UNF, Flagler, JU, and DWU, as well as those who are on other campuses in Northeast Florida or not attending college. We are also able to connect with students both in and out of Northeast Florida on our digital campus, Studio Wesley. Here, we are able to meet students where they are, online, and provide them with a space to ask questions and grow their faith. To celebrate
0: 10 years of CCW, we've set a goal of raising $10,000. That's $1,000 for every year CCW has been your campus ministry. You can celebrate a decade of CCW by visiting campus2city.org to give your one-time anniversary gift or commit to supporting CCW with a monthly gift. Again, that address is campus to city.org slash TEN. Thanks for being part of
1: the celebration. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another micro interview segment. Um, today we are talking about discipleship. Um, and we're talking about discipleship with Theo, who is someone um, who I really know pretty well through CCW. Um, he sort of was like involved loosely through his time at UNF because of Brooke because Brooke invites everyone to CCW. Um, and then he like lived in dub Pal for a semester and was an intern and, uh, we were housemates and like, he's just a super wonderful dude who is, you know, doing all sorts of cool things. Um, but I'll let him tell everyone more about his CCW journey and what he's up to these days. So Theo, please take it away for us.
5: So I believe I was an intern. It was, I actually don't know how long ago. It might've been two years ago, three years ago. I don't actually know. It was like two or three years ago. I was an intern for a semester post-college graduation, actually. So I got involved with CCW while I was still a student, um, literally because Brooke would invite me every week. Because if she didn't invite me, she kind of knew that I wouldn't remember because... I was doing a lot, I did a couple jobs, extracurriculars. Um, so I ended up going just because she literally invited me every week. And then I graduated college, went to Columbia for a summer, then came back to the States and then did my internship where I lived at Jub uh, Pal at the UNF campus. Sorry, I should probably state that. So then I went back to Columbia and worked there. Um, I spent about a total of three years in Columbia, Um, when COVID happened, I was actually living in Colombia at the time. And then because all of that, um, I actually ended up losing my job with COVID because basically COVID, no money, no job. Um, and then this year I moved to Mexico where I'm currently living.
1: Nice. Nice. I sort of, it's so weird because I, I knew most of that, but like, it was nice to get the condensed version, um, so that other people can know what's going on. Um, so during your time in CCW, which... So I'm curious what discipleship was like for you during that time.
5: Um, yeah. I mean, that part was super interesting. I mean, one of my favorite aspects of the internships were the weekly meetings with Derek. Um, I, I think Derek enjoyed them, but sometimes I think it was just probably unnecessarily stressful, uh, mostly due to my forgetful memory, which caused let's just say a few issues in the course of my internship. Um, But the weekly meetings with Derek were probably my favorite part. Because one thing that's kind of cool is like Derek, actually, if he meets with someone, it's very personalized to the person. And, you know, when he's present, he's very present. So, um, yeah, this is all around good time, but that, I guess, that answers the question.
1: Can you elaborate on that? Like what... Not to get into your nitty-gritty conversations with Derek. Um, but like what how, how did that, I guess, grow you as a person? like that sort of like discipleship thing and like as a person generally it's personal growth priority, but also like a person of faith.
5: Okay. yeah. Um, well, in general, faith has kind of been something I've always struggled with without, I mean, throughout my entire life and i'm not even sure that that aspect has even really disappeared um so i guess in part one thing that's helped with Derek is just kind of getting a little more comfortable leaning into the uh, i don't know the best wording maybe the the ambiguity of the emotions and like and the doubt and just kind of existing in it um but overall i kind of see, my internship more as a stepping stone. Like the things that I got most out of the internship I actually think are things that happened post-internship because I was able to keep in contact with Derek here and there um, over time. And and in some of those conversations, we were able to tackle much deeper and harder things that I was going through. So So I don't know that it answers the question well, but like the internship was sort of a stepping stone that paved the way for some much deeper work to be done after it was over.
1: I'm also curious um, about, you know, talking about your experience as a whole. um, How has that experience, specifically viewing CCW as a community, because you talked about the relationality of CCW and how that is key to the discipleship component that CCW offers. How has that impacted your life, this CCW as a community of discipleship?
5: um, That one is a little harder to answer because there's a lot of other things in my life that have also pointed me in a relationship dynamic way. So part of that is the time I spent in Colombia and that culture and then also so like one of the like a core interest that I have has to do with psychology and I've actually been considering lately once I'm done with my living abroad adventures going and studying to become a counselor and I've been trying to slowly more get involved you know with podcasts or reading books and things like that and along that route too the the relationship aspect also takes precedence over basically anything else like if your goal is to help someone maybe you know exactly how to help them but but anything that you know or think you know is always secondary to just like
0: connecting with the
5: person first so so i don't know that it i don't it's hard to define in specific terms, what exactly CCW has done in terms of a relational aspect, because there's just been a lot of other things that have pointed me into an aspect of like, it is the relationship over work. So so CCW, at least in my mind, is just at at the very least, one of the first stones in pointing me in that direction on whatever road of life I'm currently on, I guess you could say.
0: What do you wish you had known about discipleship when you were in CCW? Is there anything like, because it has been more of a a longer growth and there are other things that have contributed to where you're at today, uh, like what would you tell younger you about discipleship and the path you've been on now that you wish you had known then?
5: Um, I mean that's a good question. So when when I first thought the question, my my immediate reaction was there's actually nothing. I wish I had known because Derek spelled everything out crystal clear. Um, but me being the chaos monkey that I am, still find ways to get around those rules, and that actually produced a very humorous conversation on my end because Derek's straight face. I mean, he he literally pierced my soul and like had a moment. Um, when I try to get out of going to the gathering, but that's a different story. Um, After thinking about it a little more, one of, this is something, if I'm remembering correctly, probably was brought up in CCW and has definitely been brought up in other aspects of my life and something I'm still figuring out how to navigate slowly. So as Derek puts it, there's college is sort of the first time, or even, I guess, maybe it's closer to the end of college, but there comes a point where we're, as, as a society, from the time you're basically a child to graduate college, you're very used to t- having other people tell you what to do with your life, whether it's this, co- you know, whether it's a college advisor, a pastor, a mentor, your friends. There's always somebody that has an opinion on what you should do for your life. And so one thing that can be really hard is figuring out how to lead your own life for you and what that looks like, you know, what that means for you know, taking relationship, your relationship with God into your own hands or like what that means for work or what that means for your internship. Um, and that's really not an easy question to tackle and like define because depending on how you answer that, even if you ask the question, I mean, if you ask the question that has certain implications, but then how you answer that can have a lot of implications on how you have to change your life. And that's not always easy as I'm learning. So like, for example, one of the things with the CCW intern is Derek's, one of Derek's favorite phrases is it's available to you. Meaning that yes, there's, there's the core of what you have to do, but there's a lot that you can do. That's not an obligation. And, and that can be hard because like, so for someone like me, for example, I can have a lot of ideas if I go into a situation on what I can do. But without having someone giving me explicit approval or requesting that I can do it, it can be hard for me to pursue that. And so basically where I'm at now is still sort of trying to figure out how to navigate that better on my own, because
1: realistically at
5: 24, it's really the first time in my life that. I don't have a clear sense of direction because I'm not a part of anything that's giving me the direction. So I have a lot more questions that I have to answer as a result of that. So where I'm at now is sort of figuring out that road. So what would I say to my younger self? In this moment, I'm not sure. If you wait a couple of years, I'll probably have a better answer for that. But I I suspect it'll probably be somewhere... Along, along that road of just learning how to be able to take your ideas and run with them despite not having might what you call explicit authority or permission to do it.
0: I really love that answer because I think that one is very relatable and so much of the change of our faith and, and what we would do, <laughs> what we could do um, to serve God and like the relationships that we have in our lives. Like once you get past college, nobody's asking you to do it. So there's not even like, you know, necessarily, unless you have a, a job. Um, most people who are just um, members in a church are, choosing what's available to them. And I think that's really helpful to think about how to to jump in and also to know the value there and kind of discern between what the value is um, and what, what you should be doing. So yeah, I really appreciate that. And yeah, I really uh, thank you for you know, joining us for this interview. You know, I know we were joking about the the chaoticness of your life. I know you're out there, you know, with traffic and stuff. But, you know, my life is chaotic in a different way. So throughout this interview, I've been muting through crying children and things like that. So, you know, we all have things we have to navigate. But thanks for being with us. And, um, yeah, we'll keep talking about discipleship.
5: critical part of our ministry strategy in serving college-age young adults over the last 10 years has been housing an intentional community. Through our ministry houses, we have been able to develop a residency and intern program, host events when space on campus was not available, and deepen our efforts at discipling students. We want to thank San Marco Church, Spring Glen UMC, Southside UMC, Avondale UMC, and Gunlia Grace UMC for partnering with CCW over the years in the use of their parsonages and properties. It has made an incredible difference in serving the
3: next generation.
0: We're back with more with Maddie, and we were just talking a little bit about discipleship And the ways like we do that in community. And then during the break, we were also talking a little bit about New York stuff, which was really fun. But where I see them come together is you were talking about how, you know, everyone in your area has been in a different kind of quarantine than we've been in Florida. And people are now kind of coming out, growing together. But it means that a lot of things have been virtual. And you even were talking about how, Uh, One of the churches you're trying is doing a lot of virtual stuff for the summer just because of how hot it is. And so I'm curious about how you've experienced different kinds of virtual discipleship while you were in CCW. And if you can talk a little bit about some of those experiences and how they compared to the type of in-person discipleship um, that you had at Flagler.
3: Yeah, um, when I was, I think, like, Studio Wesley and, like, more of the online stuff was kind of just ramping up when I was leaving, um, so there's definitely the podcast while I was around, um, but one thing that was cool for me with the virtual stuff was that when I went to Tallahassee, um, like we were talking earlier about the transition into college and being an incoming freshman and um, all of the feelings and changes that come with that. But I think something that I didn't realize was how much change I would feel when I left CCW and moved on Um, and how I don't think I was really ready for how hard that would be. Um, And so, What was cool, though, was that um, there were more opportunities to join, like, a CCW gathering virtually. um, Or I I remember even in the beginning, um, Allison used to FaceTime me into the gatherings sometimes. So um, (laughs) I would kind of join every now and then just through that. um, And it was really, really nice for me to be able to still stay connected to CCW um, in that way during that kind of weird transition period for me where I was kind of just like scrambling to figure out what community looked like after leaving um, St. Augustine. Um, So that was very helpful for me in terms of continued discipleship as I was making that transition. Um, And I mean, definitely, like, I think we've all learned over the last year or so how as much as, like, technology is amazing that we still get to be connected to each other, even if we're not in person, there is an aspect of being in community with each other in person that's really, really important. And I think we all, like, definitely felt the value of that more than we probably ever would have without being forced to go without it for so long. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I just think it's interesting kind of, I think everyone experienced this, but the way that I left my community in a sense, um, by going to grad school and then having sort of all community kind of fall apart for most people um, over the last year. And then how we've just tried to sort of put that back together. Um, and I know I've been really grateful for the way that um, I've been able to stay connected with CCW through all of this. Um, but I'm excited, like you guys were saying, that you're starting in-person stuff again. And I'm really excited for, for you guys for that, because that's so important I
0: think this is something that we're figuring out how to do that person to person connection has to happen even through virtual means. Yes. And so later on in this episode, we'll talk to Riley and they were a part of a learning community that allowed them to be face to face with other people and make those in-person connections. But, um, or not in person, virtual, but like person-to-person connections. Um, But I think it's important to under, like, to understand how they can feed each other, because it can also be a way of extending that community where you need it. And I definitely remember leaving um, our Wesley Foundation and moving and, trying to figure out like, how do I find my people now that I'm in this area? And so I like hearing the ways that discipleship just can continue.
3: And I think one of the cool things is that um, with Diane and Gabby being here, those connections were already formed when we were all in CCW together. And then it's just cool to see the way that those have grown Um, as we're all in this kind of new chapter of our lives. And we still have that foundation that we had started at CCW, but that has um, continued um, over the last year or so in this totally new place. Um, And yeah, I I don't know, like my experience here would be so different if I had moved here and didn't know anybody. So um, I'm really grateful for that as well.
0: I feel like y'all are living out like the true mission of campus to city now that you're in like a real city (laughs) and y'all can start the like New York campus. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) But also like, although I am teasing, I do think it's also a part of like the mission of discipleship that those things continue and that having, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to find your people and you know, adding the how is your soul question to your list and <laughs> ask each other is yes. a good is a good way of like continuing um, discipleship beyond just
1: this moment in time.
3: Definitely. Yeah, totally agree.
1: Yeah. Um, one, that was all beautiful. And like, I appreciate your like honesty and vulnerability and sharing all of that and kind of your journey and how things have like been up and down and like yeah. But one thing you mentioned was you how like Studio Wesley was kind of just kicking off when you left, which was true because you and I were in a lot of those meetings. Gabby and Diane were as well, like the initial like forming of Studio Wesley. But before it was Studio Wesley, it was The Gathering. Before it was The Gathering, it was Insight. Um, and I think the difference being that like Insight and The Gathering were things that started in CCW and then were put online, where a studio Wesley is things that are online and then go out into CCW and other groups beyond CCW. Um but I guess I just I wonder like what it was like to be a part of like I guess moving some of the CCW discipleship online. And since it's like I remember like Cam wrote some blogs and Anna wrote some blogs and the yeah, other was the podcast and I think Gabby wrote blogs and there'd be like evolve follow-ups like what was it like to be, I guess, on the ground floor of, like, that kind of thing? Because that's, like, what ultimately grew into Studio Wesley, right? Which is, like, this then online presence for CCW. And then we, like, had to expand our online presence during COVID to include, you know, like, live streams and, like, produced worship gatherings. Like, I really just feel like you were, like, on the ground floor of, like, what gave us the space to be able to, like, continue to do ministry during COVID and, like, continue that connection.
3: Yeah, yeah. I remember writing blog posts. I remember those meetings you're talking about that Diane and Gabby and I were in. Um, and I do remember kind of feeling like I left, I think I definitely left maybe right when Studio Les- Wesley was launched. Um, and so it was cool. It was definitely cool to see it grow. And I know like there were, parts of time where I was still kind of involved in, like, I think the summer, my first summer in Tallahassee, I was still kind of involved in like getting things running and stuff. Um, but there were definitely like pockets of time where I wasn't as involved. And then I would see something pop up for studio Wesley that I was like, Oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. Like, (laughs) I remember when we talked about that, it was just an idea now it's, it's happening and I'm seeing it. And, um, and so it was. It's cool that I kind of got to be a part of the beginning, but then I have seen it grow so much without me being a part of it. And just seeing like the work that you all are doing um, and the stuff that you're putting out. And um, I mean, I know like firsthand how much a lot of it has helped me feel like I've had community during this time. And so I can only imagine how much it's also helping other students. Um, And so it's definitely cool that I get to look back and see what it was at the very beginning and then look at it now and see
1: how much it's grown. So speaking of growth, like, how do you think discipleship is going to grow and be different in like this post 2020, like life that we're like, kind of starting to live now, even though we're halfway into 2021, like, I think we're just now kind of emerging in this post 2020 mindset in a little bit. Yeah depending on how certain things, you know, go, obviously like there is still a lot happening and COVID is not over by any means. Um, and as we also are increasingly online in some ways, but also we're craving this in-person thing that we missed out on. What do you, what do you think discipleship looks like moving forward?
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with what you said about craving like in-person connection. Um, and I know it is a little bit different for the experience here in New York and the experience in Florida, but I know here it's like it's like insatiable <laughs> the the way that people want to be around other people. Like it's like it's everyone is just so ready to be in person and so ready to to see other people's faces and to be near, like physically near other people. And um and so I think that is probably a really cool opportunity as far as discipleship goes, because um you know, maybe we took that for granted a little bit before 2020. Um, and and I, I, I mean, I'm sure it will like wear off eventually as things usually do, but I think especially right now, um, people just really wanna connect with other people. And I think even if that feeling does kind of wear off, we'll always be able to look back on the time that we didn't have that connection with other people and, and kind of check back in with that feeling and be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad we, we get to actually be in person again. Um, but on top of that, we also have all of this knowledge about connecting virtually that we didn't have before. Um, and so I just think it's going to be a really cool opportunity for, for churches and, um, and campus ministries to kind of take that desire for connection that people have and um, provide that for them, but also take the knowledge and everything we learned from COVID and doing things virtually. It just feels like we have a lot of tools now. <laughs> um, we have a lot of tools and we have a lot of people who really, really want to connect with each other. And so I think that um that's going to be probably a little bit overwhelming to navigate as well. But um, I think also a really good opportunity to provide discipleship and provide connection and community for people.
1: Yeah, that's so beautiful. I know I say that a lot. I feel like I say that after so many, like it is, it just is beautiful. And I'm sorry, I don't have like, there, there aren't, there's another like word in the English language that I'm currently aware of that actually describes what I'm feeling like about that better than beautiful. So know that it is very sincere. I promise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we now have um, our three rapid fire questions that you have not seen or heard before. Um, We promised you they weren't scary. And I still hold to that. Um, The only thing we ask is that you try to answer quickly. Other than that, it's up to you. Okay. So You ready for question one? Yeah, I think so. All right. What is one thing you can't leave your house without? Well, my mask,
3: I guess. Uh, <laughs> and my water bottle, which has all of these stickers on it, including several CCW stickers, so.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, second question little bit deeper what does CCW mean to you
3: I feel like I said this already a little bit but um community and just like lasting community and I've seen I've seen how true that is um after being sort of removed at least physically from it (laughs) for a little
1: while now Mm. all right question three Final question, potentially the most difficult question. That's why it's the last one. If you could say one thing to today's college-aged young adults, what would you say? Hmm.
3: Um, make community a priority and make sure that that community is one where you feel safe to be yourself and um, and safe to ask questions. Um because I think that's something that every college student needs while they are a college student and beyond. That is just excellent
0: advice. (laughs) (laughs) And that, uh, that is why we asked you to be on this episode on discipleship. Um, Thanks so much, Maddie, for joining us and uh, talking a little bit about CCW. And um, we just wish you all the best there in Brooklyn. And, we will continue uh, our conversation on discipleship with Riley. Sounds good. Thank you guys
3: so much for having me. It was great to talk to you.
1: Hello, everyone. It is time for the future focus segment of um, this. Discipleship episode of the 10th Anniversary Podcast for CCW. And today, Haley and I are joined by Riley Sandifer, one of our lovely Studio Wesley people. Um, They are currently at UCF majoring in animation. And um, I'll let them fill in the details on the rest of who they are.
6: Yeah. So, uh, hello, I'm Riley. I do go to UCF and I am majoring in animation, which is a weird and fun major to have. Um, But right now I'm currently at home in Leesburg where I live. And uh, I mean, I've been teaching art camp for the past two weeks and it's been super fun. So that's what I've been up to since we talked last.
0: (laughs) Riley's been connected to us through Studio Wesley. So when I first met Riley, they were a senior and I Think uh, Derek was doing some very hard campaigning for a UNF uh, education out of Riley, <laughs> but we still get to have you a part of our community through Studio Wesley, and that's been really wonderful.
5: So true.
6: Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. No. You have such lovely insights on things like you like being on Annex and like hearing your kind of takes on scripture. Just always so good always so good.
6: Thank nice. you,
1: thank you. I expect to be bringing so beautiful. Um, so I think today we specifically wanted to talk to you about discipleship as it relates to CCW Studio Wesley World and what your experience has been. Um, I know you were a part of one of the learning communities Derek did through Studio Wesley uh, this past spring, so can you tell us what that was like?
6: Yeah, so I was a part of a uh, learning community that I got to do with a couple other students and Derek. And something that was super cool, at least for me, was I got to be in community with people that were from other schools. Um, And it was fun. I know everybody's kind of been on Zoom, but something that was very... um, like a very cool aspect of this learning community is that I think every single person that was in this learning community was from a different school, from a different walk of life. So we really got a very diverse and broad perspectives as we all uh, learned and taught each other. It was super cool.
1: Yeah. And what were y'all, remind me, what were y'all learning about specifically in that learning community? Because there are just a few and I sometimes forget who was in which one.
6: Yeah, yeah, totally. It was a Linton season that we got to experience together, right? We went all the way up to Easter.
0: Have you um, compared that experience with other, like, as someone who's been raised in the church and, and has had a really strong tie to the United Methodist Church specifically, how did being a part of the learning community differ from past discipleship experiences?
6: Um, I know when it comes to being in community physically, there's a lot of um, talks about like what can we do immediately? like say, hey, everybody, we're gonna go to the library today and we're just going to be a good influence. It, when it comes to being in a distanced learning community, um, a lot of it is more about talking your feelings as uh, as an individual and then getting to hear a bunch of people who don't really know your life, who don't really know you, kind of give you their input. And dis- And it's fun to bounce ideas off of each other because of just how diverse of a community you can assemble virtually.
1: How specifically, I guess, do you see... Digital discipleship, what I'll call it, um, impacting the way the church is connected and growing leaders moving forward.
5: Mm.
6: So I think we we kind of already touched on some of the positives of mm-hmm. online discipleship. We have increased diversity. There's less pressure. Um, I think it really has taken down some of the walls that churches have created um, that make it feel inaccessible to people. I also think um, as discipleship and church and spirituality um, continue to grow and uh, move together, I totally see um interfaith communities and um, inter, anything really any community coming together and I truly think that that is what discipleship and mission should look more like having other people come and influence your life because I think diversity helps us grow as a community yeah
1: that was so beautiful thank you for like Sharing about your thoughts on discipleship and your experience with the learning community, and sort of where you see all this going and how you see it impacting the future of discipleship and the church as a whole. I really I appreciated all of that. You always have such lovely insights, Riley. <laughs> thank you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And um, stay tuned for our next segment, friends who are listening. such a good episode such a good episode even with theo recording from the side of the road in mexico like in just a true theo fashion like it was so good all of it like marissa's insights as our first provisional like elder um which is so cool and like maddie always a gift
0: cam got us his a flashback story in the midst of the work that he's currently doing with youth this summer. So he's having a very busy summer, but made a little space for CCW and we really appreciate that. Absolutely. absolutely. um, And Riley, who is a gift to us and has been a gift to the kids this summer uh, while they're uh, teaching at, at art camp this summer. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. Yes. Riley and such a creative person. Like love them. Love them. I loved, I love all of these people. Like this was such a solid lineup. And I'm so grateful that they all were able to find time for us. Cause they all are pretty busy people. Like season people tend to be that way, you know, like on the go, like get it done, show up kind of people. I mean, the amount of times Derek's taken meetings from like cars and like Starbucks, like randomly on the road. Like it's just, it's how we roll. Removers, shakers, you know, we're builders, renewers, restorers to, I guess, get Isaiah 614 in there.
0: It really is. I mean, we, we need to roll out of here. I know I've got a, a meeting. We're making things happen. We're doing things on the socials
1: and recruiting and, Got summer bee going and it's, yeah, good time. I mean, yeah. I and mean, like, it's funny, you know, we talk to people and like we just, CCW is not an eight to five kind of thing. It's a like eight to midnight kind of thing some days. Like, or if you're like me till 5 a.m. last night, but we won't dive into that too much. <laughs> the
0: Holy Spirit doesn't always move from nine to five, but we are we also grateful for for rest in the midst of that work. But yeah, it's been a good episode. I, I feel so um, fortunate to get to be a part of this kind of work and to get to work with students. And there's just so many, so much potential in our community. And these are just a small handful of people who are doing the work and they care about the church. And I just love it
1: absolutely well friends um stay tuned for our next episode um on leader community actually her episode on is on community stay, stay tuned for next on community i was yeah Ugh, such a good episode such a good episode i mean we have austin davis giving our main interview and we've called it a bit of a master class so uh definitely keep an eye out for that and you have the condensed brooke lawrence future focus moment um which was 25 minutes and now it's five. So lots of good stuff, friends. Stay tuned.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the CCW 10th Anniversary
1: Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We would like to extend a special thanks to all of today's guests, everyone we consulted with to create this podcast, and our podcast engineer, Troy Aragon Buchanan. The ministry of CCW is not possible without the support
0: of students, partners, alumni, churches, and the work of the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. To help this work continue, please visit campustocity.org slash 10. That's campustocity.org slash T-E-N and give towards our $10,000 goal to be a part of the
1: story of the next 10 years. I'm Sarah Taylor. And I'm Haley Eccles. And thank you for celebrating 10 years of CCW with us.